Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. All right, thank you for tuning in to Chomping at the Bit. This is episode 41. So in this episode, we're going to take a look at the rest of week nine. Uh, we know it started on Thursday with Green Bay, San Francisco. But I'm going to go ahead and give you the top five matchups to watch, which will include, of course, the games today and the one tomorrow. For those of you who do fantasy football like myself, I'll give you some key injuries going into today's games and tomorrow that you should definitely look out for Uh, at the end of the show i will obviously give you my week nine picks Uh, hoping to give you some winners this week i know last week was rough where i went two and four but hoping to do much better this week for you guys but to start the show off i do want to talk about some nfl news that did come across uh late yesterday and was reported earlier this morning. Pete Carroll signed an extension with the Seahawks. So, you know, shout out to him. And an interesting thing that a lot of you may not have known, he's actually the oldest coach in the league. So with this extension, he's probably going to finish up his coaching career, at least in the NFL, because you never know, maybe he goes back to college or something. But he's going to finish up with the Seahawks. Um... I actually did not think he would last this long because when he first came into the NFL, he coached for the Patriots right after Parcells left. So he had big shoes to fill. He did okay for, I think it was his, he was there for three years. You know, he was your nine and seven, 10 and six, eight and eight type coach. Went back to college to USC and then came back into the, the NFL with Seattle. I always thought that he was a guy who was going to probably do better in college than the NFL because, you know, he's one of those rah-rah coaches, and a lot of times that doesn't play well in the NFL for whatever reason, but he has seemed to make it work in Seattle, and I do think a big reason for that is that Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson's personality kind of fits Pete Carroll's personality perfectly. You know, most people look at Russell Wilson, they say he's kind of a corny guy. Uh, If you hear him talk after most games, he does interviews, he's always, you know, that go Hawks guy or, you know, he's he's kind of what Pete Carroll is, except at the quarterback position. And of course, when you have coach and quarterback, if they're both on the same page, then everybody else kind of falls in line. And plus, from the past few years, it seems like You know, he's kind of gotten rid of a lot of the guys who may have gotten tired of Pete Carroll, mainly the Legion of Boom type, you know, Earl Thomas. We all know how he left, you know, given the Seattle sideline, the middle finger and all that. Um, Cam Chancellor did retire, but, you know, he was a guy who probably would have stayed. 
Richard Sherman left. So now the biggest personality on that team is Russell Wilson. And because he buys into Pete Carroll, I feel like the rest of the guys in that team have fallen in line, which has helped Pete Carroll stay in the league as long as he has. But he's definitely proved me wrong because, like I said, I thought he was a... I thought he was destined to be a college coach, but, you know, he's had, he's won a Super Bowl with Russell Wilson, could have very easily have won another one or two, and they're in position this year where they could make another run at it, so, you know, good for Pete Carroll, and, um, you know, yeah, hopefully he can probably get another ring out there, which would help solidify his uh, coaching status because right now with just the one I do think he is thought of as a top coach in the NFL today but he might be lower on the list than he probably deserves to be and I think definitely a second ring will help him out in that aspect a lot Uh, then also I guess another quick bit of news looks like all the games again this week will go ahead and be played their scheduled time no no major issues uh the biggest issue coming to the week was actually affecting the thursday night game and they went ahead and played that one anyway so the rest of the schedule is good to go and that's another win for the nfl you know they still have had covid cases pop up here and there but nothing to the extent of moving games around again or even canceling games so good for them but with all that news out of the way we'll go ahead and get to the action on the field and like i said we're gonna go ahead give you the top five games to watch once again it's a packed schedule and there's a lot of good games on the schedule but i'm gonna give you the five that i'm gonna be watching and i think the storyline is there for you to give these games a watch as well. For me, number five, I have the Bears at the Titans. What makes this game interesting to me is, you know, both teams come in. Uh, the Bears come in at five and three. The Titans are five and two. Titans are tied with the Colts for the AFC South. The Bears are a game behind Green Bay. But both of these teams kind of seem like they are on the downward trend after starting off the season with a lot of optimism. You know, the Bears have their issues with quarterback now again. They had Trubisky moved on from him. They went to Foles. Foles was good for a little bit. Now Foles has been struggling. They actually went back to Trubisky for a little bit last game. Trubisky got hurt, and now it's going to be Foles solely this week. But, you know, he has to start playing well because, yeah, they're 5-3, and three, but if they want to keep pace of Green Bay, they got to win this game. Also, in terms of the playoff race, there's a lot of teams right there behind them that could make the jump over them. So, it's a big game for them, whether it's playoff seeding or wanting to uh, un- seat the Packers as the division leader for Tennessee you know Tennessee still leads their division but you know after like the first three four weeks where a lot of people thought Tennessee could be 
a top team in the NFL. They have struggled mightily the past few weeks. And and now it's kind of a wonder if they will even hold on in that division. Because the Colts, like I said, are right there with them, tied 5-2. and two. And the Colts do have a tough matchup, which I'll get into later. But this is a game that, you know, Tennessee is able to win it. Maybe they can break the tie with the Colts and maybe create a little bit of distance to possibly win that division. So it's probably going to come down to which offense is more consistent because Foles with uh, Anthony Miller, Allen Robinson, you would think they would be, you know, a better performing offense, but they're just mainly because of Foles' play. They're more up and down. And then running back wise, they don't get consistent production out of that position either. Whether it's, um, was it Cordero Patterson or Montgomery any of those guys. Tennessee, I mean, you have Derrick Henry. And the, for the past few weeks, Derrick Henry's become the focal point of defenses. So it falls on Tannehill to perform well. And that Bears defense is still pretty formidable. You know, you still have Khalil Mack there. So I think it's an interesting game to watch. Uh, number four for me, the aforementioned Colts are hosting the Ravens in Indianapolis. So the Ravens come into this game. They are 5-2, and two, just like the Colts. So the Ravens are now two games behind the Steelers, who are 7-0. and oh. So the Ravens don't want to fall too far behind if they want to still win the division. Plus, they have the Browns at 5-3, and three who are on the bye this week, right behind them a half game. So if they were to lose this, they fall into a tie with, Baltimore, with, um, with Cleveland. Colts, like I just said for Tennessee, have a shot at taking the division lead this week. Interesting thing for me is the Colts come in with a top five defense. Lamar Jackson has struggled against good defenses. Will those struggles continue today? Now, the Colts defense, they are great against the pass, which doesn't really affect Lamar Jackson that much because he's more of a threat running the ball than passing the ball. But does that aspect of the Colts' strength spell trouble for Lamar? Because if, you know, they use their front seven to stop the run of Lamar and Gus Edwards, guys like that, and they try to force Lamar to throw the ball, that plays into the Colts' strength. And as Lamar has shown, he's not that He's not that gifted as a passer yet. He could get there, but from what we've seen so far, he still struggles. Whether it's hitting open receivers in stride or just throwing an accurate ball all the time. So, interesting dynamic there. As well as on the other side, Phillip Rivers has a tendency to become a turnover machine. And the Ravens defensively are very opportunistic. So, it could come down to which defense maybe creates a short field for their uh, sometimes struggling offense to get easy points. And that could be the difference in the game when it comes down to the end of the fourth quarter. Third matchup for me, 
Uh, I've got the Miami Dolphins headed out Arizona to face the Cardinals. The interesting thing with this matchup is we're getting Tua Tungavaiola versus Kyler Murray. So we got two young quarterbacks going at it. And the interesting thing to me is this could be a look into the future of the quarterback position in the NFL. Both guys, both guys are kind of on the shorter side, but you know they're very accurate with the ball. They can both move around in the pocket. They can both get yards with their with their legs. Get big first downs when the you know secondary covers up all their options. They can make a plays with their feet. Tua didn't really get a chance to uh, you know open up the playbook last week against the Rams. I do wonder if this being his second game is there more of a comfortability factor there, and they let Tua kind of do his thing within the offense. You know, trying to make more plays with his arm. Uh, they will be without Miles Gaskin, who's their top running back. So maybe that does force the Dolphins' play uh, playbook into more Tua-centric plays. And then Kyler Murray, you know, has really come on this year. He's got his DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald to help him out. He will be without Kenyon Drake, but... He's got Chase Edmonds, who will step up and play a bigger role in the running game. And Chase Edmonds has been has performed well when given the opportunity, so there shouldn't be that much of a drop-off there. And it may just come down to, will Kyler Murray have one of those games where he has struggled sometimes when playing what's perceived as lesser competition, and he kind of plays down a little bit? I don't know if that's going to be an issue here, because... You know, five and two Cardinals, they're only a game behind Seattle. So they have a chance to maybe tie for the division. They also have the Rams breathing down their neck at five and three. So they want to keep their standing in that division, give themselves a chance at winning it as we go on into the second half of the season. Dolphins come in at four and three, one of the surprises of the year. And they're going to be looking to maybe take an extra step towards you know, closing the gap with the Bills. They're now a game and a half behind the Bills. And who knows? Maybe they can shock everybody in the AFC and win that division. Who knows? Second matchup. Well, matchup number two for me are the Seahawks traveling to Buffalo for the Bills. Oddly enough, I mean, we all saw the weather when the Bills played the Patriots last week. This week, though, it seems like the weather's actually going to cooperate. And, you know, that whole notion of West Coast team traveling to the East Coast and struggling, that doesn't really apply to Seattle. Seattle actually has a winning record in their last, like, 25 games when making the East Coast to West, I mean, West Coast to East Coast trip. And I do think with the, you know, the, per- the well, not perfect weather, but the great weather to play in, um... This game could easily turn into a shootout. Both teams can struggle in their secondary. The Bills won't have Josh Norman, who's there. I wasn't say he's their top corner, but I think with Buffalo, he's actually... Well, yeah, he's their top corner. They usually put him on the bigger threat for the other team's offense. And then Seahawks, their secondary's been... 
uh, you know, a weak point for them all season. Most teams have had career days in the passing game against them. So with this, you'll have Josh Allen, strong arm, you know, with Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs could have a big day today if you're in a PPR fantasy league, points per reception. I can see Stefan Diggs getting 10 catches today. Um, and then, you know, with Seattle, you have Russell Wilson, who is the kind of do it all for Seattle. He can extend plays within the pocket with his legs. He will run if he's forced to. And he throws, I mean, he throws probably the prettiest football in the league. He's got DK Metcalf, who's really come on this year. Tyler Lockett, who's his security blanket, the guy that he looks for in big situations. So this is a game that could very easily be, you know, both teams, 30 plus points and just really exciting to watch on TV. So that's what's got me hyped for this one. But it is still there's still one matchup out there that I do think is a little better than this one. Although I almost put the Seahawks bills at number one. But number one for me is the Saints-Buccaneers, which is the Sunday night game. And only for rec- I mean name recognition alone, you have Drew Brees versus Tom Brady, which I think adds to the overall hype of the game. Now, even though coming in, you know, Brady has outperformed Drew Brees. And I do think Michael Thomas might give it a go finally in this game so that why why if you why? have t-mobile 5g home internet you might be hearing this why a lot why every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours why why because your network gives priority to cell phone users why, why? good question why not switch to cox internet with two times faster download speeds than t-mobile 5g home internet during peak hours okay stop the whys and visit cox.com 5g home for details t-mobile prioritizes certain t-mobile phone users over home internet users during times of How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. That's going to really help the Saints offense because the past few weeks, uh, like I said before, Drew Brees hasn't really shown me that much, and the Saints haven't really wowed me with any of their previous week's performances. So this is definitely an opportunity for them with Tampa Bay coming in at 6-2, and two, Saints are 5-2. and two. So it's a chance for the Saints to you know flip-flop and jump ahead of Tampa Bay. So it's a battle for the South lead. And it'll be a good setup, you know, to open up the second half of the season. Because that division is clearly going to come down to those two. Tampa Bay gets Antonio Brown back. Well, not really back because they signed him. He wasn't on the team before. But they get him and he'll make his debut this week against the Saints. So that's going to be big for them. See how that offense looks. 
Godwin, who broke his finger, was supposed to miss a few weeks, is actually listed as questionable. So there's a shot he may play in this game, which is interesting to me. But, but yeah, I just think with Breeze, Brady, and all that's been wrapped around that. Now remember, as great as both of them have been, this is one of those matches that they wanted to see in the Super Bowl. I know the NFL wanted it. It just never happened. So now with them in the same division, you get two games of it. So I'm definitely interested to see that one. And that's why it is my number one matchup for week nine. As I said, those are five great games to watch. So you'll definitely need, you know, your laptop out or tablet, wherever you can watch on a second screen while you watch one of these games on your TV or whatever. Or just turn on Red Zone and kind of keep up with all of them. And then with that, I guess kind of leading from the matchups are there are some key injuries going into this week which could affect uh, the outcome of some of these games. Well, not just the matches I brought up, but other games on the Sunday slate. So big injury, Calvin Ridley, who was out. And Atlanta plays Denver today. So expect, you know, Russell Gage to become a bigger part of the offense. And it does help Denver because now they'll probably focus even more on Julio Jones, try to take him out and force Matt Ryan to throw to Russell Gage, Hayden Hurst. Um, Maybe they use Gurley a little more in the running game. We'll have to see. Kenny Galladay, he's also out. He's been a big target for Matt Stafford. There's still Marvin Jones there. So, you know, Stafford still has a go-to guy, but Galladay you know, has made big plays down the field and definitely a big injury for them. Interestingly enough, with the Seahawks-Bills game, uh, Seattle came out and said that Carlos Hyde and Chris Carson, their top two running backs, are actually out today. So they had to bring up uh, a guy off the practice squad to be the backup to DJ Harris, who's going to be, who was the third string running back has now been elevated to the starting running back today. So definitely look for Russell Wilson to do a lot in that game. Uh, I mean, Russell Wilson may have to run a little bit more than he wants to and look for him to throw probably upwards of 40, 45 passes today, maybe even 50 to try to, you know, counteract the two running backs being out. And then... It's kind of the last inactive to talk about. Andy Dalton is out again, which kind of makes sense. You know, he had the concussion issues. He's listed with an illness. But the interesting is, you know, Ben DiNucci, who started last week, has been benched. They're going to turn to Garrett Gilbert, who's going to make his NFL debut today. And that is, if you know, if you don't remember who Garrett Gilbert is. Last time we saw him, he was quarterback down in Texas. So, interesting thing to look at with Dallas. You know, their their issues for this season continue. And now you're going to throw in a guy with 
all that's going around that's all that's going on around the Cowboys this year. They're gonna, you know, bring out Garrett Gilbert. And Dallas plays Pittsburgh today. Pittsburgh, seven and team. Has a pretty aggressive defense. I wonder how Garrett Gilbert's gonna look against that. Don't be shocked if you see Danucci make an appearance again in this game. So those are the key enactors for week nine. Uh, you know, if you have your fantasy lineups, hopefully you knew about this before. If not, hopefully you have some time to make some adjustments. But then with that, we're going to go ahead and lead into the week nine picks. So uh, once again, for those of you who are new, I do Thursday night football. I do the Falcons game. I'm in the Atlanta area. I do the Patriots game. Originally from Boston. Still a big Patriots fan. Sunday night, Monday night, and then I kind of just pick a wild card game, which gives me six. I always do six a week. So this week I did do the Thursday night, which you'd have to go back to that one to hear the breakdown of all that. But I did pick Green Bay over San Francisco. Green Bay ended up blowing up San Fr- blowing out San Francisco. So that's an early win. Uh, it's an early win for me. But, you know, when we do the review of week nine, we'll go ahead through all the picks and let you know how well I did with all of them. But in terms of the rest of my picks, I'm taking the Falcons, who are a three and a half point home favorite over the Broncos. I know the Ridley injury has me a little iffy on the pick, but I do think the Falcons will I mean we all know Falcons are two and six I've picked them before this year been burned by the pick I just have a feeling they're gonna find a way to pull this one out the three and a half did give me some pause because I would not be shocked if the Falcons won this with like a late field goal or something but I'm gonna give them benefit of the doubt and I think they can win by probably like six or so not to say Denver isn't tough because Denver is going to be definitely a tough out. Uh, Denver is three and four, so you know Denver's looking to get back to five hundred. But yeah, give me Atlanta in that matchup. Uh, next pick is the Baltimore, uh, the Ravens, and the Colts game. The Colts come into this now once again. All these spreads are attached to the home team so it's going to be whether the home team is a favorite or the underdog in this matchup the home team the Colts are a two and a half point underdog against Baltimore I'm going to take Baltimore in this one once again iffy with this one only because Baltimore's offense hasn't been as dynamic as I thought it would be at least in some weeks and with the Colts defense you know they may be able to create a turnover or two but ultimately, I trust Lamar Jackson and Baltimore's offense more than Phillip Rivers and his, you know, turnover happy ways in the Colts offense. So I'll take Baltimore in that matchup. Next one, the Raiders and the Chargers. And let's see, the Chargers, which kind of shocked me, are a one and a half point favorite at home. Chargers come into this one at two and five. Raiders are four and three. 
So I kind of thought the Raiders would be the favorite going into this matchup. But, you know, Herbert and that offense has played well and has shown at times this season that they're able to put up a lot of points. So probably because of that, you know, they might have given them the edge, at least in the spread. But I'm going to go ahead and take the Raiders in this matchup. Um, I, only because I, I just think overall the Raiders are a better team. Even though they're only four and three, so they're kind of a 500 average team. But I think Derek Carr has kind of outperformed even John Gruden's expectations for him. I think the Raiders offensively is more dynamic. I know Josh Jacobs is questionable for the game, but I'm hoping he does play because he's a big part of their offense. He gets them going, helps Carr ease into games, and then they can kind of use their weapons on the outside with Waller, their tight end, Ruggs, Speedster on the outside. So give me the Raiders in that matchup. Uh, Then the Sunday night game, Buccaneers-Saints. Tampa Bay comes into this as a four and a half point home favorite. And I'm going to take Tampa Bay in this one. I just think the Buccaneers offense is too, you know, too diverse and is kind of hitting on all cylinders. And I think this is going to be too much for the Saints defense to handle. Now, the inclusion of Antonio Brown with his first game there, it may be a little bit of an adjustment for the first quarter, first half or so. But... You know, Antonio Brown, he's very talented. He's worked with, he's played with Tom Brady before. So that little, you know, relationship's already there. So I'm not really worried about Tampa Bay. The Saints, like I said, Breeze has to show me something against a good team. So if he's able to pull this one off, I'll probably have to start changing my outlook of the Saints. But... Give me Tampa Bay in this matchup. And then my sixth and final pick is the Monday night game. My Patriots versus the Jets. You know, Patriots 2-5 and five have struggled all season. But the Jets are 0-8 and, and are the last winless team in the league. So the line on this one, the Jets are a 7.5 point underdog at home. That number did scare me because as bad as the Patriots have looked, and yes, as bad as the Jets are, I kind of wondered if the Patriots really deserve to be a seven and a half point favorite. But something tells me, I know I've said this for the past couple of weeks, like I said, it's probably the homer in me, but I do think that the Patriots get it done this week. I think they will look pretty good. Only because the Jets are just that bad. You know, the Patriots did get, have some good come out of that loss of Buffalo. Uh, especially the second half. You know, Cam Newton looked a little better. Damian Harris has been a revelation in the running game. So, you know, he's probably going to be a big part of the offense going into Monday night. Defensively, I mean, the Patriots have their issues as well as the Jets do. But I just think I just think the Patriots pull this one out. And I am gonna take them, even with that seven and a half point line, which I still think is high. 
but I'm going to trust that New England gets it done. Uh, let's say by, I could see New England winning by eight. You know, a game where the Jets have to go the length of the field, get two-point conversion, they come up short. New England ends up winning by eight. Yeah, we'll go with that. So there's my picks just to, you know, recall them. I had Green Bay over San Francisco, won that one. The rest of the picks, you know, the Falcons over Denver, Baltimore to uh, beat the Colts, Raiders to cover against the Chargers, Bucks to to cover against the Saints, and Patriots cover against the Jets. Once again, I went 2-4 last week. It was a rough week last week. I'm now at 23 and 24 in the season. I'm back under 500. The goal is still to get to 60% by the end of the year. I'm at 48.9 right now. But I got a feeling that this week's going to turn around. Like I said, starting off, I'm already 1-0 for the week. I got a feeling I got a 4-2 week in me. Maybe even better. So definitely check back. Uh, be what Tuesday's episode and we'll see how well I did but yeah so that's gonna that kind of cut that covers week nine for you yeah get you all you need to know for today and tomorrow's game so you know looking ahead uh no previous episode I did do my Kyrie versus AI talk and as we're you know, getting into the NBA offseason with the season going to start three days before Christmas. Uh, I will set aside a day each week and kind of do NBA talk. I want to do some more of these comparisons because I did have fun doing that one. And there's still the Jordan LeBron one. But there's some other ones that are interesting to me. And I'll definitely introduce those. Uh, kind of let you know for the next one I might do is Russell Westbrook versus Derrick Rose, which I think is an interesting comparison that I actually have not heard. I don't think I've ever heard anybody do that. So I think I will go ahead and do that one next week. Well, this coming week. I'll probably save it for like Friday or so. Uh, Also, we'll take a look back at the college football weekend. Definitely a lot to talk about there. Uh, I'll probably do that on... Monday's episode but uh but yeah it's gonna be another big week in sports and definitely a lot to talk about so I do want to thank you for tuning in you're new here hope you liked what you heard you'll go back and listen to some to some previous episodes as well as stick around for the episodes to come so like subscribe wherever you are listening to the episode whatever podcast platform definitely subscribe to the show same for you who have you know heard a few episodes now uh you can follow the show on twitter at chomping podcast you know if you want to interact with the show and give me some topics you want to hear me do or if you just want to give me your opinion on stuff that i've talked about and also you can like the facebook page but like i said subscribing wherever you are listening gives you best opportunity to hear the podcast as soon as i drop new episodes so thanks again be safe out there uh 
you know, it's been a crazy week with all the election stuff, which is actually over for now. But, you know, congratulations to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. But, uh, but yeah. So thanks for tuning in and I'll definitely catch you on the next episode. All right. This episode is made possible by PwC. When you put the right tech in the hands of the right people, good things happen. It powers change. It accelerates innovation. It keeps you a step ahead. Our community of solvers brings the right tech to drive real results. Learn more at thenewequation.com.